1: Dambas y caballeros, bienvenidos. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Check it, your inside look into the world of combat sports. Straight up, but you already probably know this, my name is Pedro Fernandez. I'm the reigning, the defending, the undisputed heavyweight champion on the radio, is having defended that title after running in three decades. And Straight up today, we're talking boxing and MMA. USC 201, just hours away, an undefeated fight, an undefeated matchup of great fighters as far as today's era is concerned. I'm talking about Leo Santa Cruz, 32-0 with a draw and 18 wax, and the man from across the pond from the U.K. Talk about the fellow 122-pound world champion, Carl Frampton. Frampton comes alive, 22-0, 14 wax. They duke it out on Showtime. Of course, UFC 201. Tyrone Woodley and Robbie Lawler vying for the World Warthwaite Championship, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 o'clock Pacific Time, only on pay-per-view. So lots of things to talk about. Drugs. we we'll talk about drugs today, one of my favorite subjects. No, not, not taking them. Uh, other people taking them. Talk about Flintstone vitamins and steroids and things like that. But straight up, a lot of performance enhancing drugs in combat sports. They're being introduced to combat sports. And last night I had a 45-minute conversation with Hector Martinez. Hector Martinez is the former manager of Roberto Duran, a former two-time Golden Glove champion. He lost one fight in his life where he struggled like hell to make the weight. Actually, he went to, w- went to bed at 133 pounds the night before and woke up at 140 pounds because he drank water and ate food all night. Anyway, the bottom line was he couldn't make the weight the very next day. He had all kinds of issues. He finally made weight, but he lost the fight. Anyway, short, short uh, long story short, he says to me, would you do it if they offered you something right now that would be able to, to, to cut your running by three or four miles a day and things like that? And I thought about it, and I said no. Am I just alone on that one? Am I the only guy out there that won't cheat? Straight up, this is Ring Talk, live on Sports Byline. You ain't just exactly
2: sure what's-
3: again get viagra for less than three dollars a pill call 877-663-7126 today and save up to 500 and get 40 pills for just 99 dollars. healthy man is fast easy and affordable operators are waiting at 877-663-7126 to take your call now call 877-663-7126 that's 877-663-7126 again 877-663-7126
0: Now more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez Woo! It's gonna be good!
1: Imagine a skinny kid maybe 115, 120 pounds you know, running 4 or 5 miles in the morning Training at the gym in the afternoon, of course, either going to school or work in between. And then in the evenings, again, running or swimming. That was my daily workout. Let me repeat that to you, okay? I got up in the morning. I ran four and a half miles at the very minimum. Tried to do sprints at the end, but anyway, bottom line is uh, the four and a half miles in the morning. Tried to do that in a decent time. We'd go to work or go to school. Then I would go to the gym around 2 or 3 o'clock. Unless I was training for a particular fight, then I would go to the gym about noon. But for the most part, I hit the gym about 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Been an hour and a half to almost two hours in the gym each day. Okay, I would leave, go home, have a little bite to eat, rest, and then I would go run again or swim again. I kid you not. So we did all this crazy stuff, you know, and, and some people said to me, you know, was it worth it? Yeah, I thought it was worth it. I won four Golden Glove championships at one point in time. I was the baddest dude pound for pound around here, okay? People can say what they want. They can say, hey, well, uh, they never won four Golden Glove championships. They weren't knocking people stiff. They didn't go undefeated for three years in the Golden Gloves in a row. They just didn't do it, okay? It didn't happen. It wasn't them. So they don't know what they're talking about. A lot of people say to me, well, you know, that was then and this is now. The bottom line is what I'm trying to tell you is is that the desire that I had back then, the desire I had back then, I tried to transfer that into very to some young athletes of today. I've worked with some athletes in the past couple of years. In the past decade, um, I've sort of shied away from working with the millennials per se, or the, the current day athletes, because I don't think that they're dedicated enough and they're all looking for an, an edge per se. And that's why I think this cheating, this idea of performance enhancing drugs is such a such such a, a, such a common, common place. I mean, because everybody's looking to cheat. I think that every time a kid plays football or signs up to play football, high school football, uh, junior high school football, one of the first things he does is he goes on the internet and tries to figure out how we can get stronger, how we can get faster, how he can be better. Okay, and if it involves cheating, sometimes it happens, okay, as young as junior high school. so what I'm trying to tell you is when I was doing all that running, and I was dying, you guys, I had to make one hundred and thirty nine pounds I'm five foot nine it wasn't easy um, until I tried to make one forty seven and got knocked around, then I went back to one thirty nine it was very, very easy motivation uh fear is a great motivating factor, and motivation, as far as getting drilled in a boxing ring concerned, is a very, very great motivator anyway, the bottom line was. All this training, especially the running at night, the uphills, we do two-and-a-half miles straight. Take it back. It was 1.8 miles straight uphill to Westboro Boulevard. You can Google that if you want anywhere in the world and look at the hill I'm talking about, Westboro Boulevard in South San Francisco, California, 94080. We start over on uh, El Monte, and we run across, and we sprint up the hill, and I'm talking about sprinting. If I ran and I wasn't sprinting, my mother was on the horn, honking the horn, she was my running coach, eh, 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 eh. All I could see was her chain smoking in the car, the cigarette light, uh, the torch of her little cigarette smoking, and uh, and her honking the horn. Eh, 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 eh. Anyway, the bottom line was I got up the top of the hill, and then I had to sprint a mile. It was a mile sprint, three-quarter of a mile sprint to a mile, and I had to sprint this. And if I didn't sprint it, guess what? Mom was hitting the horn. Anyway, I tried to use that same discipline, and I tried to, to, to morph that into a training regimen for today's athletes, Okay. And I work with a few guys, one guy from South San Francisco, one of my uh, where I graduated from high school, tough guy. I mean, he was a killer on the street. I mean, he was roughing everybody up, okay, Yeah, until he got hit on the chin. And then it all ended in a, a uh, sparring session with a guy that couldn't lick a stamp, couldn't spell fight if you put the letters on a piece of paper for him, okay, at, at Oakland's King Gym back in the day. So what I'm trying to tell you is tough in the street doesn't mean tough in the boxing ring. And it all boiled down to dedication. I mean he he had some chin issues, but he wouldn't dedicate himself. He didn't think he needed to run he didn't think he needed to run at night and things like that. And to me, it, it was it was there was a lot of fear involved. When I say fear, and I say fear is a great motivating factor, I think Vince Lombardi, that's one of his great quotes, but it is. I mean, you don't wanna get <clears throat> splattered. You don't wanna be pancaked, you don't want to end up face first into a canvas, you don't wanna wake up in the dressing room, you wanna be you don't wanna get killed. This is combat sports, man. This guy's looking to inflict as much damage on you as he can. So I'm going to go back to the original question of all this, what I was trying to bring up, is what Hector said. You're a liar. He said, I'm a liar, and that I would take performance sanction drugs if they were available to me. And I tell you, folks, they were available to me back then. There was different forms of speed and... And uh, Bennies and things like that that speed, speeded you up, and so there was methamphetamine. If you really wanted to, you can get drugs to help you with your performance. I think, but I didn't want to. I mean, I thought that that like sneaking espresso to the weigh-in, because we you know we fought like an hour and a half after we weighed in most of the time, so we'd weigh in at five o'clock and fight at seven thirty or eight. So I sneak this cup of espresso in there, and I have this stash, and I microwave it somewhere and we'll and make it hot. And I think that that was my form of cheating. That was it. That was me looking to get an edge. That's how far I was willing to go, a cup of espresso. I wasn't willing to go any further. And yet Hector, my best friend, as I said, a former one-time, uh, two-time Golden Glove champion, once beaten, lost that one fight, very, very shaky decision in which he was vastly overweight than nah, the morning of the fight. Anyway, um, he thinks that I would take it. And he thinks that he would take it as well. In fact, when he was Duran's manager, he said that if he had all these performance anti-drugs in front of him, that he would not have thought twice about offering him to Roberto Duran. Back when Roberto Duran was making that last run at greatness. Talk about, of course, when he knocked out Iran Barkley for the middleweight championship. I mean, oh, coming back, nobody thought he could do that. Nobody gave him a chance. no, nope, not a prayer. But he came back and of course, that, that 11th round, that four punch uh, combination, he put together one of the greatest four punch salvos in the history of boxing the great, and I say great, I ran Barkley, because Iran was a great fighter. People downplay his abilities, but, man, he was strong, he was tough, and he was the biggest middleweight I've ever seen in the world. And he was a guy that put an end, of course, to Tommy Hearns' undefeated reign there at 160. You remember me? Tommy was smoking everybody at 160, and he ran into I ran Barkley, took that shot to the uh, chin, and it was all over. But before that, Tommy was hitting Barkley so bad to the body that Barkley was going, oh, oh, I was in the fourth row of the hill, oh. He was like, oh, He And then, boom, he comes up with his haymaker, and it's all over. So back to the subject. I'm not trying to veer off this. But drugs, would I have done it? I just couldn't do it because, you know, I watch what I eat now. I mean, I'm very careful of what I eat. Sky Cutty likes to cook a lot of greasy food. I'm not into grease. I'm, not, I'm really not. I, I, I have hair of greasy food. So I'm an oatmeal guy. Instead of fried eggs and, and, and sausage and things like that and, and hash browns, I'm more of an oatmeal guy for breakfast. That's just me. Maybe that's my athletic pedigree uh the fact that i go back so far in the world of sports and i was doing this stuff when i was a kid in order to stay lean you know because i boxed early i boxed 11 12 years old i was boxing mistake 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 but then of course i lost that one fight in 1974 and i didn't box again for like six years seven years it was devastating i lost a decision to eddie smith at the boys club and it was a fight that i thought i was i had no idea i was gonna lose i had never fathomed the thought of even uh, a defeat or a loss entering my mind, because I was I had never lost on the street as a street fighter here in the city by the bay, San Francisco. And I sure was going to lose to Eddie Smith, little skinny Eddie Smith, okay? What did Eddie have? Yeah, Eddie had a little experience. Well, Eddie had endurance. And all those wrote, these were only one-minute rounds. I think they were one-minute or 90-second rounds. He was able to out, outdo me. So Hector brought it up. Pedro, Pete. That's what he calls me. He said, if you thought about it and you had a chance to take something before that Eddie Smith fight to give you a little bit more endurance to make you win, would you have done it? And I wouldn't have. My body's a temple. It just is. I wouldn't do it, okay? I know a lot of guys would. I just wouldn't. I mean, I'm scared to death of needles and drugs and all this kind of good stuff. And right now at the age of 58, yeah, 58 years old, I don't take any pharmaceutical drugs at all. I have one drug recommendation from my doctor, but I don't take any pharmaceutical drugs at all. None proud of that okay but the bottom line is i had an opportunity when i was young to take a lot of dope and i shied away from it, especially a lot of dope when guys were experimenting around with these performance enhancing drugs in the in the middle middle of 1980s when i got hurt And I fell through a roof and this and that. Some guy said to me, you know, if you take some steroids, it'll help your back get together and make your hands strong again and things like that. Well, my hands were never strong again, and and my back was never together, and I never thought that taking steroids was the alternative. It just never was to me. The bottom line is dope is dope. And if you want to use performance enhancing drugs, (laughs) John Jones, his brother, what's his brother's name, Alfred Jones, of course, with the Baltimore Colts, he's been suspended. John Jones being the former USC light heavyweight title holder about to go down for two years. But the exception to that rule appears to be Brock Lesnar. And I'll get into that a little bit later, but Brock Lesnar, get this, Brock Lesnar has been exempted from uh, any drugs in his system. Now we know that guy's on steroids or on something. Come on. You've never seen a guy built like that. He's 39 years old. There's no way anybody in the world, he's got muscles under muscles. His dimples are muscles. Okay. It's just not, not humanly possible. In my mind, if he's not taking some type of performance enhancing drugs now, Everybody thought so when coming into that fight. So when he tested positive on one test, I believe it was given uh, June twenty eighth or something like that. I think the fight was July 9th, and it was given on the twenty eighth. But yet he was allowed to fight. And even though this test came back dirty, but John Jones, the aforementioned light heavyweight title titleholder, once beaten fighter, um, he was pulled from the card. So what's going on there? They pulled John Jones, but they didn't pull Brock Lesnar. You know why? They could get away with pulling John Jones. John Jones wasn't the big draw there. Brock Lesnar was the big draw there. Two point five million dollars. What he made? Two and a half million bucks. Guess what? Nobody ever made a million bucks before in the UFC as a fighter ever before Conor McGregor. He only did that one time. So all those other guys, Tito Ortiz, Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey was getting raped financially from Dana Dana White and Zufa Sports. Think about it. He was bringing in 125, $130 million bucks and getting less than a million dollars. Less than a million, so that means she's getting less than one percent of the entire person of the entire money, and she's like the main draw? That's a little sad. You are tuned to the Sports by Live Broadcast Network.
4: 800-949-8707 800-949-8707 Rebuild or replace transmission, thirty two
5: hundred dollars. Anti lock brake system, thousand dollars. Rebuild or replace engine, twenty four hundred dollars. Truth is, once your manufacturer's warranty runs out, it's all on you, every last cent. Get protection for covered repairs with a vehicle service contract from Toco Warranty. Unlike other companies, with Toco there's no down payment, and the monthly payments are really affordable. Not sure how long you're keeping your car? At Toco, you can pay as you go. Keep your hard earned cash, and call Toco Warranty right now at.
1: sometimes we have to fight even if we know we're gonna lose we still have to fight i don't know why i why can't you say hey listen you won. i don't want to do this but even though we gotta lose we know we're gonna get the kicked out of us (laughs) but we gotta fight this guy like we're gonna kick his ass like we're a bully
0: now more of ring talk with pedro fernandez now
1: let that mug make a mug out of me but don't anybody try it again Last Saturday night, live from Las Vegas, of course, uh, pay-per-view, live pay-per-view, of course, featuring Terrence Crawford, the kid from Omaha, Nebraska, of course, now undefeated at 29-0, something like 21 wax, of course, the world 140-pound WBO champion, champion of the World Boxing Organization, one of our sponsors, and of course, he took on Victor Postal, who was the undefeated 28-0 as well, they both came in 28-0, uh, he only had 12 wax, though. So. And he came in as the WBC champion. He handed the WBC belt over after 12 rounds. It was a pretty unanimous nod. Pretty one-sided fight. Crawford dropped him twice. Crawford, one of the best fighters, pound for pound in all the boxing. Just no doubt about it. Adonis Stevenson was a winner, of course, last night, stopping uh, a guy that, you know, a guy that really comes to fight. But, you know, when you only have, how can I put this? How do I put this? When you're a B fighter or a B-minus fighter or a C fighter, and I want to put Thomas uh, big dog, top dog Williams down a little bit. But he came in at 21 with 14 Williams, 14 KOs. Of course, he was a plus 400 underdog. But uh, I tell you, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a plus plus a 1,000 underdog. The bottom line is if you're not going to win, you're not going to win. And, of course, he and, and Adonis Stevenson went back and forth. They call this guy Superman, 27 to 122 KOs. Of course, his chin's been suspect. And I think that Sergey Kovalev or Andre Ward would take care of him handily, especially Kovalev. Anyway, he was the winner Friday night, the WBC light heavyweight title holder holds that title, of course. He is a young man that um used to be a pimp. Pretty interesting background. I mean, when you're well, how can you go from pimping to boxing? If you went from pimping to promoting, I'd understand. Ask Dana White. Just kidding, Dana. Anyway, but um pimping from, from you know from boxing to pimp anyway, bottom line is he is still a uh, still the WBC champion at 175 pounds, 27 to 1, 22 KOs. A minus 600 uh, favorite going into that fight, of course. Living up to those 6-1 underdogs, 6-1 dogs, 6-1 to odds, dropping him twice en route. Santa Cruz. I'm talking about Leo Santa Cruz undefeated. Now, what's he like? I want to say 32-0 and 0 with a draw and about 18 wax course, Taking on the man from across the pond, Carl Frampton. Frampton comes alive, baby. 22-0, 14 wax. He can fight. Carl Frampton can fight. He's got a little bit of an issue here as far as being the guy from across the pond. Uh, Leo Santa Cruz is probably the house fighter here, no doubt about it. I mean, they're both signed to premier boxing champions in uh, Al Heyman, but I think that without a doubt Santa Cruz is considered the favorite here, and he is the promoter's fighter, per se. The house guy! And, of course, they're fighting at the Barclay Center in uh, Brooklyn, New York. That would be a pretty good card because, you know, there's some other fighters on the card as well. Paulie Malignaggi, remember him? Best Showtime commentator in a long, long time. He's going to be fighting a guy from uh, Brooklyn as well. Of course, they're fighting in Brooklyn. Gabriel Bracero. So if he's fighting for the Battle of Brooklyn against Gabriel, Gabriel only comes in like with five or six knockouts. Gabriel can't punch. Not that Polly can. Polly's not much of a puncher either with those bad, bad hands. Anyway, the bottom line is at the end of the day, this probably looks like the decision win for Polly Molinaggi, unless this guy Gabriel is so bad up that he fails to go the route. Amanda Serrano's on the card. Of course, she's out of Brooklyn, New York. We've had her on the card in the past. is the WBL featherweight champion. Pretty good-looking fighter. Pretty good-looking girl. Calixta Silgato is a going to be her opponent. Those guys are going, those chicks are going 12 rounds. That is for the WBO featherweight title. Of course, that's on Showtime championship box emanating from the, <clears throat> I want to call it the house that that Polly built, but it's actually the home of the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, everybody's uh, playing back there now and wanting to play there as far as concerts are concerned, big time gigs. So Brooklyn's coming alive. Brooklyn was a, was a dump in the seventies and the eighties. Brooklyn was a dump. It was sort of like Atlantic city without the casinos. It just was a dump. I mean, you know, my 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 aunt lived there, so I went there a couple times, visitor. On um, Park Nora was it Ocean Parkway in Brooklyn, but you know, outside of her apartment, this wasn't all that cool. But now it's all ritzy, and they gentrified it, meaning you know, the folks with money have moved in and moved the people that don't have any money out. So I guess it looks good on on the surface, but the bottom line is Brooklyn, New York, coming alive with the Barclays Center. Of course, Al Heyman, premier boxing champion, signing this exclusive deal with. Uh, with Barclays, they're the only people that can promote boxing there. More power to him. Al is a smart dude. I mean, you can knock him all you want. People say he's a controlling guy. He's a control freak. Well, I guess if you're going to invest $450 million of somebody else's money into a uh, a project, I guess you're going to have to be a bit of a control freak when it comes to that money because you've got a half a billion bucks in your hand. You've got to know how to spend it. You've got to know where to spend it. Some people have questioned his uh, his spending policies, giving fighters a whole lot of money to fight. Bob Arum said, "What quote, well, Bob Arum, the number one promoter in the world, said, quote, what he's paying those guys is ridiculous. What the hell does that mean? Paying them ridiculous? Really funny? <laughs> Am I supposed to laugh because the guy's getting twice or three times as much money as he would get with you? Come on. I, you should be. Bob, you should be saying, you know what? This guy's setting a higher bar for us, and we need to raise the bar. But he's not saying that. They're trying to wait Al Heyman out. They're trying to figure they're figuring that, you know, the boxing establishment, per are and and um, there's a lot of people in this boxing establishment, people that that come together with the uh, of the notion of sort of like the people that don't like Donald Trump. OK, there's a like a solid base, but they're sort of quiet about it. Same thing in the world of boxing. The boxing establishment is there. They're always working behind the scenes. They're making things happen for certain people. They're not making things happen for others. Of course, they've tried to stonewall Heyman. Heyman said, okay, stonewall me all you want. Take away HBO. Don't give me a chance to get on HBO. I understand. Okay, I'll go to Showtime. I'll go to Showtime. And Showtime give me a bad time? Oh, it's just Showtime. I can go to Fox Sports. I'll buy my time on Fox, the big network. Fox. No, 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 wait. Uh, not only Fox, I'll go to, how about CBS? Yeah, I'll take my fights to CBS. Wait, wait, I'm not done. Then I'll go to. The NBC, the Peacock, the big network, NBC. I'll go to NBC not once, not twice, but more than three or four times. The bottom line is I think he's bringing the game back to the masses, okay? And if people can tune tune in here and there and cruise the channels and see boxing and and stay and want to watch it, that's really cool. But the bottom line is there are so many channels out there, and showing boxing especially now, but there's so many channels out there that, you know, it's diluted. I mean, I looked at my cable system the other day, our friend of mine's cable system, because I cut the cord about a year ago. Um, but about uh, about a week ago, I went through his cable thing, and he's got like 240 channels. So out of those 240 channels, I asked him, how many of these do you use? He said probably about 12 or 13, somewhere around there, less than 15 of those channels. And, of course, they charge for all the other channels. But, you know, when I looked at these channels, I said to myself, hmm, most of these channels are pay-per-view type of channels, meaning cable. You've got to buy cable in order to watch these channels. But if you don't have cable... And you only have over-the-air antennas like people here in San Francisco do. They call it uh, over-the-air antenna TV Guide. Huffington Post does it. TV Guide does it. A couple other area websites do it as far as local programming is concerned. And what they do is <clears throat> they bring in the major networks like Fox, ABC, CBS, NBC. They bring in those four for sure. Okay? And then they bring you all kinds of other local stations. But the bottom line is you can watch network television without having to pay cable. People think you have to buy cable to watch television. Don't have to do it. It's a myth. And cable, you know, has basically become a sin. I remember when cable was like five bucks a month and it was only on the VHF channel then, of course, and that was cool. And you got channels like WTBS, a super channel, the first super channel, of course, out of out of uh out of Atlanta, Georgia with Ted Turner, and of course there was WGN out of Chicago, Illinois. I mean those were two the, the first two super channels of cable. I mean they preceded uh h b o they preceded all these different channels uh, they did c n n they preceded all these channels but they were rocking and rolling and they were the they were the the flag they were sort of like they sort of tested the waters you know and that board sort of brought boxing to television. But when it went to pay T V only, in other words you'd be teased and have to watch fights on cable, and you have to pay to watch the cable. In other words, you pay thirty bucks a month for your cable bill or twenty five bucks a month for your cable bill, Just an average, say twenty five, okay? And then you have a pay per view come up and that's sixty bones. Fifty or sixty bones. So you've got to do go, uh, that all of a sudden your cable bill is twenty five bucks, not eighty bucks. Okay? Which is not cool. Which is I, I'm in favor of the the uh, the the philosophy that Frank Warren and Box Nation have employed in the UK. I mean, they charge people like 10 pounds a month. I don't know what exactly 10 pounds is, but I'm thinking it's like 17 bucks. And they charge you 17 bucks to have this this, uh, this channel in your home. And it's sort of cool because you get all the fights from the States, although, albeit, the fights are at 3 or 4 in the morning because, you know, it is when you go live over there, it's live over here like 8 o'clock. It's 4 o'clock in the morning over there. So a lot of these fights take place at 3 or 4 in the morning over there. But the bottom line is, On Box Nation, you get to watch all this stuff for free. Well, not actually free. You're paying your 15 bucks a month, but you can watch all the fights. They even throw some UFC, I believe, in there as well. So what I'm trying to tell you is the end of the day is that's the way to go with cable and sports on television. Not the way the U.S. is going. All they're trying to do is rape you time and time again. I'm talking about the boxing establishment, the big-time promoters. You know, the new guys are putting it on regular TV and bounce TV and all those little cable networks and this and that. But straight up at the end of the day, more boxing on TV, network TV is the answer. But will people bite? He's putting the hook out there. He put a nice nice piece of bait on the hook, but will they bite? You gotta have great fights to make people bite. Next up, we're talking combat sports, meaning, hey, hey, the UFC, UFC 201, right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Pedro, let me, let me, tell, let me tell you something, man. Congratulations on your long time in radio. You are a team. And for your rating, man, I was reading about that. I'm very uh, impressed with you, Pedro.
4: My joints used to kill me.
0: Results may vary.
4: Hello, I'm Jerry Mathers. I was the beaver in Leave It to Beaver. And 20 years ago, I almost died from type 2 diabetes. When I was diagnosed with type 2,
0: I was shocked. My blood sugar was through the roof. Now, the very same natural remedies I use to control my type 2 diabetes are available for you in a super easy program called the Diabetes Solution Kit. And I should know it works. I use the very same techniques to drop 40 pounds of fat, get my blood sugar under control, and watch my type 2 diabetes fade into thin air.
4: If you have diabetes, I urge you to try this step-by-step plan. It has all the natural techniques I used, and it works a lot faster, too. I'm Jerry Mathers, and if I can do it,
0: you can do it, too. If you'd like to normalize your blood sugar and stop taking your diabetes medication completely with your doctor's approval, go to 2016diabetes.com. That's 2016diabetes.com. Reverse your diabetes in as little as 30 days by going to 2016diabetes.com. That's 2016diabetes.com now. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shopped the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-603-0997. That's 1-800-603-0997. 1-800-603-0997. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states
1: rocked
3: him, sent to go, Domi and Guida,
6: yeah. like oh, head kick, Guida's pace is relentless, 45, Here again sure. with the head kick, and the takedown, Maynard, and Edgar putting on a show,
0: outstanding, wow, amazing that Frankie Edgar was able to recover, that at all, and he's got Maynard, now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Buffalo!
3: Ah.
1: Little Tower of Power there. Boys from across the pond, of course, Oakland, California. 94601. Okay, you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking the world of MMA right now. We're talking, of course, USC. And the fact is that, you know, Brock Lesnar failed some drug tests. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. But the bottom line is he's not going to be fined for it, and WWE is not going to punish him for it, and looks like the USC is not going to have him suspended, or the uh, US Anti-Doping Association—they're not going to suspend him because he got an exemption. How the hell does he get an exemption? I mean, and how can how can how can he criticize John Jones for uh, for? Uh, for testing positive for the same drug that he tested positive for and, and, and let him get a walk. I mean, what's going on here? This isn't a color thing either. Before you think, oh, some type of racial thing. No, no, John Jones is black and, and, and Brock Lesnar is obviously white. But it, it's, this is this is not a, a color issue. This is not a color issue. But it's a it's an attraction issue because I got to tell you, they knew – uh, from a June uh a June twenty eighth test, that Brock Lesnar tested positive for performance or for something that he shouldn't have had in his system. Okay, this uh the estrogen blocker, the same thing John Jones had in his system. But John Jones got tested positive, was tested positive for it, and then he was he was pulled off. I mean, he was pulled off the card. So what can I say? I mean, he was suspended right then and there. Essentially, you put on suspension without giving any notice per se. But he was pulled off the card, and you're not going to fight because you tested positive for. A, for a banned substance, and, and that was that. So okay, that's that's that. But but not Brock Lesnar. I don't get this. Well, I do get it. You know, it's all about money because you know the UFC, being what they are, they just sold this thing for four point two billion dollars, which is the most money that's ever uh, been garnered for a sports franchise. I guess you got to call the UFC a sports franchise. The Dallas Cowboys were ranked number one as far as franchises in the entire world of sport. Uh, at 4.44 4, $4 billion dollars even 4 billion is, is a uh, 4000 million dollars 1000 million is a billion okay so the Dallas Cowboys are worth four bill um i think Manchester of UK is worth like uh 3.9 <clears throat> Barcelona is worth like 3.7 something like that those soccer teams but uh you know those are the teams that are worth the big money and then you have the UC being sold for 4.2 billion dollars, as B with a B, billion, okay? That's a lot of money. Is it worth it? Especially in, in face of this class action lawsuit. I mean, don't these, promo, uh, these people buying this company realize that, you know, they're probably going to step into some, they're probably going to step into dog dude all the way up to their knees. I mean, because the fact that this was a controlled, a monopolized organization it was controlled, the fighters were controlled, they were told what to wear, they're told what to wear, they're told where to, to appear. I mean, essentially, they are, uh, for lack of a better word, a slave. That's that's the way, I mean, when you look at some of those contracts, I mean, the fact Donald Cerrone, what did he fight like 10 or 11 times on USC, 10 or 11 times on TV, took fights on short notice, took, took fights um, when they needed a sub to fill a spot. He was there, and he never made uh, any big money. He said he was being treated like a piece of doo-doo in his last fight, and he said that, but, hey, I didn't see Dana White or Lorenzo Fertitta or Frank Fertitta. Or anybody reacting to that. I mean, Cerrone was a hero for that company. Anytime they needed somebody to step in and perform in an exciting manner, you knew he was going to do it. The cowboy was going to come through for you. Uh, He'd come through on two, three days' notice. That was the cowboy, okay? But he never got financially rewarded. In fact, he says he's been treated like a piece of, uh, he's been paid as if he were a piece of feces. That is the exact quote. So he's not making any money. I talked earlier about this. I mean, Ronda Rousey doing, what, like, you know, eight, nine hundred thousand homes on pay-per-view? At fifty, sixty bucks a pop, and she's only getting, well, she's getting less than a million bucks because Conor McGregor was the first USC athlete to ever get a million dollars. And now you can see why Conor was screaming, jumping up and down, saying "Screw you, Dana White," and why he walked away from that first fight, that rematch with uh, Jay, uh, Nate Diaz at USC two hundred. You had to, re- I mean, come on. I see his point. He made the company over four hundred million dollars in his fights. They ma- he made over four hundred million dollars, and the biggest purse he ever got. Was a, hundred, was, was a million bucks. The biggest check you ever got from these guys was a million bucks. Uh, Ronda Rossi never got a million-dollar payday. She may have got some stocks or, or something like that with the the station or Palace Casinos if there are a percentage of the uh, casino business down there. But if she did, I don't know. What I'm trying to tell you is she never got the money that she was deserved. I mean, think about this. She's turning the world upside down. She's on HBO. She's on ESPN. She's uh, appearing in Newton magazines. She's running all over the place. Um, she's the hottest attraction in all the sports, and she's not making a million bucks? I mean, granted, Hector Martinez, of course, the boxing manager that I talked about in the first segment, being the former Golden Glove champion and the uh, manager, Roberto Duran, he says that she was getting overpaid for her fights. So what? She was, making, she was knocking people out in 12 seconds, but he didn't say that with Mike Tyson. There was a difference. Tech is a little sexist. I think that proves it right there. So it was cool for Ronda Rousey to go out there and not knock people out and beat people up in 12 seconds. When Mike Tyson, uh, I mean, not cool for Ronda to do it, but when Tyson did it, it was cool. Sexist as it is. Anyway, the bottom line is Ronda was getting paid. Uh, Chuck Liddell, a guy that carried, he was a flag bearer of the USC for a while until his reflexes and his uh, lifestyle caught up with him, okay? And the fact that he couldn't work on the ground very well. And, of course, there was Tito Ortiz, the All-American kid. That's what he calls himself now. I think the All-American guy or uh, the best athlete. You know, he was at one point in time, he was Mr. UFC. He was. I mean, when you thought USC was this blonde kid, you know, from Huntington Beach, a Huntington Beach bad boy, that's what you thought when you thought USC. Randy Couture. I mean, Randy Couture was, God, that ear of his was pretty gnarly from that. Oh, God. Oh, God. You ever seen his ear? His ear, it looks like. I can't explain on the air what it looks like because it would be gross. Anyways, his right ear, I had to interview him on the right side one time, and his interview—the ear was so bad I had to stop the interview about a minute and go on the other side because the ear was just freaking me out. But anyway, Randy Couture, he never got a million bucks. I mean, how much money did these guys get when they're bringing in, you know, millions and millions and millions of dollars? And, and now when you see this lawsuit being filed against the u s c by uh, – these class a class action lawsuit meaning it's for all the fighters in other words everybody fighter in other words, fighter doesn't have to be part of the lawsuit in order to make some money on this lawsuit this is for the fighters in general of course the fighters that are named in this lawsuit some of them are Nate Quarry <coughs> uh, Kung Lee former Showtime they have a former force champion and then of course a UFC fighter as well Kyle Kingsbury my guest many many times on this show in the past was the King we call him King Kyle Kingsbury the King's Corner of no holes barred but you know. These guys have launched a lawsuit claiming that they were abused as athletes. They were used. I mean, you know, I, I, I understand what you're saying. And, and back to Hector Martinez, he thinks that what Dana White has done is he sort of reverted back to the era of 1920s and 1930s boxing, where guys were so hungry, you know, that they would fight each other for a minute for 10 bucks, for, you know, for, 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 for a loaf of bread. They were, that's how tight, tight things were. But that's what's happening nowadays. I think the, these UFC fighters are so, they're so, engrossed with the the aspect or the possibility of becoming a star becoming you know a, a champion and making all kinds of money that they'll do things performance fancy drugs aside um that that are in, that that are not cool for their career they'll take fights on short notice they'll take fights that they probably can't win because Dana White tells them that guess what I'll take care of you well Dana White only takes care of a few people and I think that'll come out in this lawsuit okay although um I think there's gonna be a move uh, on the part of the ZUFA people to settle this lawsuit are going to try to say that, you know, well, we'll settle it. We're not going to admit any wrong. The bottom line is they need to admit some wrong. They were wrong. Dana White carried a drop phone around for about three or four No, take that back, for about 10 years. He used a drop phone, a phone that had no records for it. In other words, you couldn't say, I called Dana White and talked to him for 45 minutes and chronicled it by the fact that uh, his phone covers that because he had no phones. He threw them away. They were drop phones. Phones that, you know, bookies talk about guys who were you know, making bets and, and drug dealers and terrorists. I mean, that's the big thing with terrorists, right? The drop phones. Well, Dana White was your, uh, had your terrorist cell phone. That's what he did for like over a decade. And they finally caught up with him. Now he has an iPhone, I'm told. And he records and he records, uh, takes all of his phone calls in and out of recording. Because what happened was Dana was saying, uh, these people were saying they had these long conversations with Dana on the phone. And Dana would just not ever took place. I didn't talk to him. I don't know what you talk about. You can't attribute that phone to me. That phone's not mine. Well, the area code 702-452-1234. No, that phone, you look at that phone. Look up that phone. That phone's not mine. That's no, not registered to Dana White. No, it's not registered to Sufa Sports. It's some drop phone. You can't put some drop phone back on me. You can't do that. Well, that's what happened. And they finally all caught up with Dana. Dana the gangster. Dana the guy that wanted to be like, you know, of course, it was a guy, Whitey Bulger. The, the mobster from Chicago, of course, they got caught Chicago, from Boston. They got caught in L.A. a few years ago. He's been sent to life and life and life and life and all that kind of good stuff, so he's done. But Whitey Bulger, his crew, are the reason why the USC is what it is today. Why? Because they roughed up Dana White, roughed him up and chased him out of Boston. I think he was running a boxing gym in East Boston. They wanted 2500 bucks a month. He said to him, I can't give you 25 bucks a month. Let it twenty alone 2500 So they leaned on him a couple times. I think the... The final time, they got a little physical. So Dana Dana fled. He got out of town. He left. He got out of town. He went to Vegas. Okay, thought he could do something as far as boxing was concerned in Vegas. He went to Vegas, met the Fatita brothers, and they bought the UFC for less than $2 bucks. Of course, one point seven, I think, to be exact, back in, what, 1999, 2000, somewhere around there. And, you know, of course, what it is worth now, $4.2 billion. I don't know what kind of, uh, of appreciation it is, but that's a hell of a number. Think about that. Less than $2 million, and you turn it into $4,000 million. Think about that. $4,200 million. That's what you, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's just absolutely crazy. That's what the is worth. I don't believe it. You are tuning to Ring Talk live worldwide. You're inside looking into the world of boxing and MMA. Don't forget, I do Beaner Radio. I call it Beaner Radio. I'm going to talk about Johnny Taco Radio. Taco Man, of course, Taco Man Radio. I am the Taco Man, Johnny Taco. Saturday nights, 10 p.m. Pacific time. I'm joined by some studly All Stars. Talk about uh, Dominic Cadwallader Jimenez. And of course, Zach Attack Young. And we've got some other guests like Charles J., the great Charles J. from PlaysByJ.com. And, you know, we bring in some other guests. We're going to have a special guest tonight. Guess who it's going to be? JR. I'm talking about Jim Ross, That's right, the big guy from the world of wrestling entertainment, now doing his thing in MMA and, of course, boxing as well. He's now got to deal with uh, Al Heyman. He's doing boxing on television. I saw him on, on NBC a couple of months ago. So the guy that was once the face of professional wrestling is now becoming the face of professional boxing. We're of course, doing his thing with Al Heyman and Premier Boxing Champions. Speaking of Premier Boxing Champions, they go tonight, of course, in the main event. And it is a main event, a studly main event. I'm talking about Leo Santa Cruz. We see, 30-0. Carl Frampton was like 28 No man. Somebody's got to go in this one. This is the main event. Paul Malignaggi on the same card, of course. Why he continues to fight, I don't know. I mean, he's articulate. And, and I don't mean articulate for a boxer. I mean articulate, like super articulate. He Like he could do. Paul is a very intelligent man that has no uh, issues getting his uh, thoughts from his mind to his mouth. He just doesn't have it. I mean, he can speak well, and he can spill things faster. He can say things in a layman in layman's uh, terms, where the average listener can understand. In fact, a lot of times I get guests on the radio, and they're talking about this guy or that guy, or talking about that move or this move or this or that, or and then and the listener in Omaha, Nebraska is going, "What does that mean? What's he talking about the Stockton slap? What does he mean about the Stockton? What do you mean about the Stockton slap?" Of course, the Stockton slap is what Nate Diaz put on Dana White. Of course, it was before they uh, signed for this fight, UFC two hundred two. That's going to be rocking, man. Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor in the rematch. The rematch. Diaz is a slight favorite here, but you know, Conor McGregor can punch. And he was beating up Nate Diaz in that first round. So can he do it again? Nah, he's going to lose. Size, baby, size matters. Not only in porn, but in MMA. You are tuned to Ring Talk live on Sports Byline.
2: I think that the Affordable
3: Care Act, you know, as long as it wasn't a name of the Obamacare, it would pass. They made the test already. But the fact of the matter is at the essence of it all is people need health
4: care. I guarantee you there's no problem.
6: The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free just like they did for these Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can have your website built for free and up and running in as little as 7 days. 855-254-7483. Or go to web.com slash radio. There is no upfront charge for building the website after which the ongoing fee applies. Rights to the website are relinquished upon cancellation unless otherwise purchased.
2: Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Clapper, Chief of Orthopedic Surgery at Cedars-Sinai Medical Group in Los Angeles, California Blue Goo a try. Call one 888 330 and you'll receive a one-week supply of Blue Goo absolutely free. The makers of Blue Goo are even paying the shipping. The number again is one 888 330 If you want more information on Blue Goo, visit online at www.dothegoo.com.
1: Now available
2: at select Big Five stores near
0: you. Now more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. I do apologize
2: for for offending anyone.
1: Okay, I failed to uh, bring up the fact that USC 201 is like, you know, hours away, but, you know, big deal. Holly Helm, of course, lost to uh, Valentina Shevchenko last week, a five-round decision. It was with the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. It was USC on Fox. Holly Holm, a loser of two fights in a row. Good luck, Holly. Of course, USC brass doesn't like you at all. And the main event tonight. Tyrone Woodley challenging Robbie Lawler for the World Welterweight 170-pound championship of the UFC. The women's strawweight bout on the bout, uh, bout on the card. Rose Namahunas taking on Carolina Karolalowicz. And, of course, Matt Brown's on the card in the welterweight bout versus Jake Ellenberger. Straight up, this is UFC pay-per-view. I don't think it's worthy of pay-per-view, so I'm telling you, if you can steal on the Internet, go steal it on the Internet somewhere. Watch it delayed. This isn't something I think you need to watch live. Sorry, Robbie, it's not... Just not the type of guy I think I want to kick down 70 bucks or 65 bucks to sit down and watch. Not even go, I'm not, I mean, Lawler's a good fighter. He's exciting all that kind of stuff. But I'm not going to, I wouldn't get off going in to watch him down at Ricky Sports Theater and paying 10 bucks to go watch him there. I just don't think he, I just don't think it's worth going out of the house to watch him. I think if you watch him at home for free, that's cool. But to pay for him, I just don't think so. Whether or not he's UFC champion or not at welterweight, uh, it just doesn't ring my bell. Diaz and Maria, of course, UFC 202, that's a big one, August the 20th. The rematch, of course, taking place at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. We'll talk about that in detail in the upcoming weeks. And straight up, the heavyweight champ of the world, Stip Miocic, UFC 203, September 10th at the Quicken Loans Arena, the home of the Republican convention there in Cleveland, Ohio, of course, where Donald Trump triumphed. And he's taking on Alistair Overeem or Alistair Overeem, however you want to call it. Anyway, the bottom line is UFC 203. In Cleveland, September the 10th on pay-per-view. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Don't forget, this is the Sports Byline Broadcast Network.